not going Stay not safe Before you cross me, look both ways Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going, state to state What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back again with another one. Another fantastic conversation with one half of my favorite power couples in wrestling. I interviewed the missus. Now let me introduce the mister. Please welcome Michael Bennett to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? I am great. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. I'm about to talk wrestling with uh, one of my favorite dudes in the game, and that's not kissing your ass. I've followed your career for a long time. Uh, when I spoke to Maria, when I had her on the show, one of my favorite runs was the run you guys had in Japan. I absolutely loved that run. I loved how she broke down barriers over there. And I loved that whole gimmick you guys worked with, uh, well, the Good Brothers at the time, Carl Anderson and Gallows, man. That was one of my favorite, favorite runs in New Japan. It's actually one of the reasons why I started paying attention to New Japan. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about that. I mean, being part of that storyline and and seeing your missus, you know, breaking down those barriers. One of the first women in in a main event situation in a very long time over there. Yeah, um, I, I you know I think first I need to get this out there. If your viewers are watching, I'm not in a bird cage like we discussed. I'm on a chair on a porch. It looks like a bird cage. I look like a caged animal. Uh, maybe it's a metaphor for my mind. I don't know, uh, but I am not in a bird cage. Um, I wasn't yeah, even going to bring it up. No, I, I, I feel like I feel like if I didn't, the comments would just be like, "Why is Mike in a bird cage? What's he doing? Is that Tweety Bird?" Uh, no, so I needed to get it out there. Um, no, man, and quite honestly, that was a run that like I never expected to happen. I wasn't considered the Japanese guy. I wasn't considered the Ring of Honor guy. So a lot of these things that I was able to accomplish was really cool for me personally because I was told time and time again, not just by fans, but by you know some wrestlers, like you don't fit that style. That's not what they're looking for um you're not good enough so the fact that we were able to go do that but not only go do it but do it successfully and like you said maria breaking down barriers of like they don't bring very many women over there if like i can't i don't, I don't even know who i'm sure there's plenty i don't know off the top of my head but like it was so rare that when we were there, we'd go to these different towns and they'd actually give Maria her own locker room because they didn't want to, they didn't know what to do. Like they don't have women that often. So like she would have her own locker room there um, and they treated her so kindly and so nicely. And like, they went above and beyond. And it's one of those things like that culture. I just, I, I adore their, their whole hospitality, their whole respect. Like, it's just, it's one of those cultures that I just, uh, I admire so much. Um, but having the privilege to go over there and having the privilege to be in the ring with some of the great, uh, some of the great new Japan guys. And even like some of the, the American guys like Carl and doc and AJ, uh, and the young bucks, it was just, just one of the best experiences I've ever had. And I'm, I'm now that I'm no longer with WWE, uh, I'm absolutely dying to go back there. Absolutely. And now with the, um, the forbidden door being open, which is kind of funny because ROH had opened the forbidden door a long time ago. <laughs> Right. I've stayed, I've stayed it down on wax a few times. And even when I had Nick Aldis on the show, he basically said all out wouldn't have happened or all in, sorry, wouldn't have happened. I keep screwing those two up for some reason. That's that wouldn't that. have happened without ROH's backing and support. And a lot of people seem to forget that that was an audition for Tony Khan to see what could be. And if ROH didn't kind of hook all that up, it never would have happened, but people seem to forget that ROH had a big part. That's why I was excited when you Maria got released and I don't mean that in a bad way, which has now kind of become a, a yearly thing. This has happened now <laughs> twice, same yeah. fucking day. 
And yeah. we're definitely going to talk about that. But last year, the surprise to me was you two getting released. And yeah. I was kind of sitting there going, that, that sucks, man. Like new baby, all this kind of shit going down, like this horrible way to, to do things. And you probably weren't even given the respect and do like a few days before they announced it. it was like, here's a phone call. See you later. FedEx is on its way. Um, oh yeah. We were, uh, we were given a mass, um, a mass video message from the boss saying that um, some of you will be receiving phone calls later that you're getting fired pretty much. Um, so wait by your phones was essentially it. Um, and so that's what we did. Then we waited by the phone. I actually was home by my, uh, uh, I was home watching my daughter because my wife, you know, had just taken my son to his two month doctor's appointment because she was still on maternity leave. So it was, it was a shock. It hurt. Um, but you know what? It it's led to greater things and there's always a silver lining in all of it. Absolutely. And one of the first things I said when, when you guys were the names that were announced, I said, they're going to, they're going to float around for a bit. They're going to get comfortable. They're going to find their roots again. And I hope they go back home. And what I meant by back home is the same thing I said to Maria is I hope you guys went to ROH because you're running ROH the first time around with some of the most creative and fun stuff. And that's why I said to Maria, it must be cool being home again because you just guys both recently just resigned. So congrats on that and keep resigning. Okay. Keep resigning. Yeah. Cause we're going to go over some dream matches. I got in my head. I'm going to book you okay. a little bit later, but, um, <laughs> When you guys, when it was announced in late December that you guys had gone home, I was literally in the bathroom doing what most people do in the bathroom. I was on my phone. Of course. And um, I saw that the, the news came up at like 7.30. It was like a Wednesday or something in December. And I literally screamed from the bathroom right to the bedroom. I just kind of <laughs> popped my head out and went, hey, babe, the canalis is signed over to ROH. He's like, okay, cool. They went back home. I'm like, damn fucking right they did. Right. Yeah. And, and that was great. So Tell me about that, though, like waiting the 90 days, because this is a process I've never had a chance to speak with, uh, waiting the 90 days, because you get fired, but you can't do anything right. for three months. So you're fired, right. but we're going to keep you technically employed for three months before you can go ahead and do things elsewhere. Right. How does that stifle what you're doing? Like, can you have those kind of NCAA backdoor conversations that you're not supposed to have with nothing on wax? Can you do that kind of stuff during that three months? Yeah, believe it or not, you can talk to people. Um, you just can't, you can't work out a contract. Like you can't agree to a deal, but you can, you can talk to people. I believe it or not, this was actually information I received from Triple H himself when uh, he was talking about guys to bring to NXT or this or that, or how to go about it. And he was saying himself, you can talk to whoever you want. You just can't tamper with contracts. You can't offer a deal. You can't say, well, I'll bring you here for this amount of money, but you can talk to people. You can ask interest. You can see what they're, where their mind's at and stuff like that. So in those 90 days, like I was talking to people, I was reaching out to people. I was talking to my friends, but there's this thing in the back of your head that like you're reaching out, you're talking to people, but you're doing that as a good businessman. You're doing that as a dad, as a, as a, as a provider, you're doing it as a husband saying, all right. I need to have all, make sure all my ducks are in the row in a row, but in the back of my head, it's going, you're going back to ring of honor. Like you're going there. I mean, eight months earlier, I had asked for my release before they fired me. They didn't give it to me. I was already talking to Taven about, Hey, we should do this. If they give me my release, we should do this, you know? Um, and like me and Taven have been planning me returning to ring of honor five years ago when I left, I was over at impact and we were talking like, Hey, someday we're going to reunite, you know, we're going to come back together. As soon as WWE started to hit the fan, we had been talking, Hey, someday I'm coming back there. You know it, you better be there. So it's like, you can talk to these people, you can figure it out. Um, but they do, they do. There is that, that 90 day, no compete clause is there to kind of 
give the upper hand to Vince McMahon, which why he needs the upper hand. I don't know. It's just a way to keep guys down. It's a control thing. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Um, I think it's kind of BS, you know, but that that's the contract we signed. So at the end of the day, like we can all be mad at Vince, but I signed it. So, you know, what am I going to do? I signed the contract. I knew the deal. Um, so like, but it, it, it doesn't stifle people as much as it prob as they probably think it does. It might be different, especially when I was fired because it was a pandemic. So there wasn't that much going on anyways. Um, I think it would have been different if there's not a pandemic and then you get fired and then you got to wait the 30 days because it's like, all right, well you fired me and now I got to wait 30 days and my name values dropping and all that stuff. Um, but you know what? It's one of those things that come with the territory. I knew it would happen and I knew we'd be fine from it. Right. And you mentioned that you did. Yes, you're right. You asked for your release eight months before and they didn't grant it to you, which I always find strange. If a wrestler is <laughs> unhappy or they're stifled creativity and they want to explore, yeah. let them explore. Right. You still have that no release. Okay, we're going to give you a release, but you can't do shit for three months. But right. what's the point of making somebody wait eight months, almost a year, and then say, well, you asked for your release anyway. So now because it benefits us. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. Right. And that was always my um, my issue with the whole thing, because everyone always says to me like, oh, you got fired, but you asked for your release. So you're OK. And I'm like, yeah, I'm OK. But I asked for my release eight months ago when everything was wide open. The indies were hot. Every company was running up and running. And when I got fired, nobody really knew what the situation looked like. Nobody knew what wrestling looked like. Nobody knew what the future was going to look like. Everyone, even WWE was trying to figure out what the hell was going to come next. So they fired me when I couldn't provide for my family. So like I sit back and I think when everyone's like, you should just be appreciative. You should just, so you should just be happy for the opportunity. And like, and also you asked for your release. So suck it up. I'm like, Where's the anger for the fact that they released all these people when they couldn't provide for their family? Where's the anger for my wife who was on two months maternity leave and couldn't provide for her family? Where's that anger? How come it's okay for them not to fire me eight months ago, but it's okay for them to fire me now? Like that's the part that drives me nuts. And I'm sorry, but as a dad, especially as a dad, if you're going to fire me when I can't provide for my family, I'm going to be pissed. And I don't give a damn if that sounds bitter or angry. If I, I'm sorry, you're a dad. If you got fired like that, how mad would that make you? Ask any single father out here. They would be ripped. And it's like, that's how we were. And it's like, I, I understand where people are like, oh, you asked for your release. Yes, I did. But I asked for it when I could go work, not when they were just going to throw me out on the streets. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that you're right. If I was a dad, like I've been blessed this whole time to work my full-time job during the pandemic, Good. I'm a food dispatcher. Good. So Good. Um, keeping food on people's tables, that's been my, my goal. Right, literally. Yes, literally. And yeah. also though, doing stuff like this, this has been great for my mental state. This has been great, great to have these conversations and to talk about things because during this whole pandemic, Things have risen, things that we're not supposed to talk about. Suicide rates are through the roof. Uh, teenage suicide is through the roof. You got two kids probably doing online learning. I've got two kids who have been flipping back and forth between school and online learning because here in Canada, we can't get our heads out of our ass. No, you guys, are, you guys aren't doing very well right now. But you know what the funny thing is? It, it, it's, it's bad when we're the only place that seems to be sharing our numbers and nobody right. else really is. And yeah. yet everywhere else in the States is open for business, social distance, wear your mask if you want to. If you don't, that's okay as well. Freedom of choice. But right. here, I haven't, Mike, I haven't been to a live wrestling show oh. in 14 months. It's tough, man. 
14 months, I haven't been able to scream for the people I want to scream for. I haven't been able to tell my favorite heel to kiss my ass. I haven't been able to do anything. So I feel you. I feel you. It's also affecting the state of my kids. And But the cool thing, the cool thing is, is that game nights, board game nights are a thing again. Awesome. Watching (laughs) watching movies as a family is a thing again. And yeah. doing those things you did with your parents and you were like, oh, that's just so corny. I could be like talking right. to my buddy on the wall phone because we didn't right. have cell phones, Mike. Remember right. those days? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I truly believe there's a silver lining. Like, right. uh, and we were just talking and like, again, I'm, I'm sure people are going to think I sound bitter. I sound angry. And at this point, I don't care. It's my life. They're my kids. It's how I have to run my family. So if they have a problem with that, you know, hit the bricks. I don't give a damn. Um, but there's a silver lining in all this. And the wrestling silver lining is I found my love for pro wrestling in i found what i love to do what i truly love to do but on the on the family side of that I got to do all these things with my son that I didn't get to do with my daughter. Because when I had my daughter, I was on the road. When I had my daughter, it was the week of WrestleMania. I had her on a Wednesday. I would, well, my, my wife, I didn't have her. My wife did all the work. She, was, I, she, she had her on a Wednesday. I wasn't even in the hospital for 24 hours before I was on a flight to go to WrestleMania. For a WrestleMania, I didn't even know if I was on. I was just going to do autograph signings at Access. And then from there, we went over to Saudi Arabia. So for so many of the weeks when my when my daughter was first born I missed all that stuff and then add into the fact I was on the road after that I missed her first step I missed a whole bunch of stuff with her but with my son we were locked in the house so I got to see all of the things that he did I got to see all those growing things that he went through or that my daughter went through that I didn't get to see so it was truly a blessing in disguise when I talked to Maria she actually mentioned this we're on the subject of your your children which are absolutely beautiful by the way thank you Um, she mentioned that her daughter, your daughter, is her karma, and your son is your karma. Is that yeah. is that statement truthful? Yeah, you know what? I think it. I think it is. It's like, but we were actually discussing today when we were driving. Each one of our kids has a little bit of us. Like, there's a little. So, like, our daughter Freddie, she's very much our emotional roller coaster, and she's this independent woman that she gets from Maria but she vibes off of me. So if I'm having a bad day, Freddie's having a bad day and she takes it out in the ways that Maria would take it out as a kid, which is very strange. But my son, my son was very much like how I was as a child, but he's very much like Maria where he vibes off of her. So it's this weird dynamic where we all kind of intertwine with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? That's the cool thing is when you get to see him and you're right. You know, when, when my 11 year old, uh, the mini host, I call her, cause she does little segments <laughs> on the show. Um, she, uh, I was working nights. Uh, my wife had to work during the day. I had to work nights cause we only had one car between the two of us. We had to make it work. Yeah. So, uh, I did that. I missed out on so much, but with my five-year-old, uh, I've been able to see all those things again. So you're right. The second time around that silver lining, you learn to slow down. You learn that right. money isn't everything. And you learn right. that, you know what, if I can get by comfortably, that's okay. Yeah. And you get to see all those cool little things. So what's one thing that you got to experience with your son that was kind of like, man, this is like the coolest shit ever. Like, fuck everything else I've done. I've gone to Japan. I've wrestled all around the world. I've had people scream my name. I've had people spit on me because that's just my character and who I'm supposed to be at that moment. Right. What's one of the cool things you look back and you could say, if your last breath was tomorrow, you look at your, you look back at that one memory and say, this was the coolest thing I got to do with my little dude before I had to go. You know, it's, um, it's going to sound so insignificant and so hokey, but he does this thing for like the last two or three months that 
he's starting to walk now before it was just crawling. But when he's tired, if I'm sitting on the floor playing with them or sitting up against a chair or whatever, he walks himself over. He turns himself around. He sits his butt down in between my legs and then leans back onto me to watch the TV with me. And then he just chills there. And it's like one of those moments where like, you can't explain it, but I just go, all is right with the world right now. Everything is fine. I got my little dude. I got my daughter right here. Everything is okay. And it's just like, it's not even like a big moment. It's those little tiny moments that I always, I always remember. Absolutely. And those are the moments that are going to get you through, especially with everything. And you, you've had a roller coaster of a career. We've had, you know, issues. We fought against those demons. We've won against those demons. And how are you doing with all that kind of stuff, especially during this pandemic when everything was kind of going down and they released you uh, mm -hmm. on these now annual spring cleaning. And we'll get into that a little bit for yes. sure. But how was it dealing with all of that and trying to keep those demons in check while everything was going on around you? You know what? I, I feel like, um, I feel like I did really good with it because I have my kids. My kids are my great equalizer. As soon as I had my kids, it was almost like my addiction problems kind of started to fade away because like, once you, once you invest in something, or once you start to believe in something that's bigger than yourself, nothing else seems to matter. And my kids, they're just bigger than me. My family is just bigger than me, everything about them, it consumes me. So like when we got when the pandemic hit, my instant thought was not Oh, poor me, my ins which which is what it would have been in the past. My instant thought was, okay, I got to take a step up. I got to man up. We got to take care of this because shit's hitting the fan. Like this is something that happens once in a hundred years. We just happen to be dealing with it. Now I got two kids. We got to figure this out. Um, so it was one of those things where like kind of all my issues and all my struggles got put on the back burner because I, at the time you're like, we don't know what this virus is. We don't know what it's going to do. We don't know anything. I don't know how I'm going to work. I don't know how my wife's going to work. So everything kind of gets put on the back burner, except what do you need to do for your family? And so like on that sense, I think it made it easier for me to navigate through kind of my issues and my struggles. Um, I had days like we all did being locked up, being cooped up, wondering where you're going to go next. I had days when, you know, I, I thought about quitting wrestling. I thought about just going and getting a normal job like everyone else, um, because I didn't want to deal with the pressures of wrestling on top of the pressures of a pandemic, on top of the pressures of being a, a parent. Um, but I quickly snapped out of it and my kids made me snap out of it. And so it was one of those things where all my issues kind of took a backseat to what was kind of the most important and prevalent issue at the time. And I think that's the best way you have to look at certain situations like that. Like you said, a hundred years, this does, it's not going to happen again. And when it does happen, oh. thankfully our kids and us won't be living through it. It'll be our, you know, great, great, great grandchildren or something right. along the lines of that. So, I mean, if we ever let our daughters get married, I don't know about you, but I don't plan to have any grandchildren because my girls aren't getting married. No, no way. I'm not. I've, I've already hired the Briscoes to show up to the house for when the, 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 the daughter has his, her first boyfriend come over. So that's amazing. That's amazing. I wish I had the Briscoes in my back pocket. I do have four uh, very good lifelong friends that I consider my brothers. So uh, yeah. I plan to reenact the scene from Den of Thieves with uh, 50 Cent. Yeah. That's that's kind of the, before it used to be the Bad Boys 2 scene. But that bad Boys 2, yeah. I don't want to make some kid nervous. I want to make some kid shit his pants. The minute he does that, <laughs> I know he's too too scared to really try anything with my little angels. Right, so right. We're good. But, you know, let's talk about the spring cleaning because we have to. This is now an annual thing. Uh, sure. Happened to you guys last year. You worked through it. You rose above it and you went home. 
And again, yeah. I can never stress that again. You have to stay in ROH, Mike. If you don't, our relationship, oh, hey. this budding bromance, it's cut off, Mike. It's, it's, I'm throwing this out there right now. This is my home. And Maria will tell you, I've this is this is all I want to do right now. Ring of Honor is the only place I want to be. Um, and it's just going back there has only made me fall more in love with it. So I unless they throw me out the door, DJ Jazzy Jeff style, I ain't going anywhere. Are you going to wear that shirt if they do? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so the annual spring cleaning, we knew this year that the, the obvious big name, there was a lot of big names last year. The biggest name out of everything was this year was Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Now, 90 days is a long time. Apparently, WWE has come out and said he wasn't medically cleared to wrestle. But as we all know, doctors' opinions are not always right. Right. They, they aren't. I've had one doctor. I had issues when I was a kid I, with my heart. I had one doctor tell me that I, was a, I needed a pacemaker at 15. I had another doctor uh, when I got married tell me, you know what? It's just a trifibia. It's just a, a, a like a third repetitional heartbeat. You're okay. And then I had another one tell me, you know what? Maybe if we make some changes, try to quit or cut down on the smoking, uh, try yeah. to eat better. Um, but I'm a foodie, Mike, and I love my food. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm a big man and my wife likes something to hug at night. And I keep her warm. So that's what it is. But um, Samoa Joe, 90 days. And I mean, a lot of speculation on where he could end up. I mean, as soon as somebody gets released, everybody flashes, you know, all elite. This person is all elite. It it happens everywhere. And um, of course, because that is apparently the major competition. But we know that Impact has a working relationship with New Japan. We know ROH has a working relationship with New Japan. We know that Impact and ROH might potentially work together down the line. Who knows? AEW may come into the fold. There's options there. But wouldn't it be sick if one day you're in the mix for the tag title saying exactly three months. You're in the mix, not for the tag title, for the world title. You're going at rush. You're getting involved, possibly in a triple threat with my man, the baddest of all time, Shane Taylor. And all of a sudden we hear that music, that music. And mm-hmm. Samoa Joe walks out. I think Samoa Joe would fit perfectly into the ROH roster. And not only could I see him having some battles with you because we've never seen that, I could see him having some battles with Shane Taylor. And those would be wars. But I could also see the four of you, like the four pillars of ROH, going at rush for that title in like a fatal four way, man. Could you not just see the wheels turning right now? I'm getting excited. You got oh, it. Yeah. yeah, no, abs. Honestly, dude. Um, it's one of those things where it's like this bittersweet moment. You don't want to see anyone leave or get fired. Um, especially anyone that doesn't want to get fired. And so I'm not really sure out of that group of people who wanted to go and who didn't. Um, but it's one of those things where you see a name like Samoa Joe and instantly you, you perk up. You're like, Oh, but then you go, wait, who who would who would in their right mind would let Samoa Joe go? Like you're just you're so flabbergasted, but then you're like, okay, this is real. And then you go, oh, oh shit, ring of honors. Oh God, all the things start clicking into your head. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if Joe wants to go, then let him go. And I beg that I'm I'm somewhere in that mix. Um, but he's got to do what he's got to do, whatever's best for Joe. I would love it if he came to Ring of Honor, but if he doesn't want to. You got to support them either way, but those matches, they would be awesome. They would be. And there's a lot of great things too. I know the, uh, the ROH women's division could definitely use some of that fantastic talent that was let go. Um, But you know, like this annual spring cleaning thing, it's uh, to do it the exact same day, a year later. It's, it's very, uh, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. Tone deaf. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very, you're just, your, your ears are shut. Your mm-hmm. eyes are blinded and you're just walking down your own tunnel. Yeah. And um, 
if anybody that was released is watching from guys like Mojo Raleigh, like everybody from the first spring cleaning, they all landed on their feet. The good brothers doing amazing things in impact. Matt Cordera had the one off in AEW impact. You and Maria doing amazing things in ROH. Everybody's kind of landed on their feet. There is some names I'm missing, but everybody's landed on their feet. So if any, if you could give advice to any of those talents that might watch this interview and say, you know, what, what's my next move for the first couple of days, you sulk, you get bitter, you get pissed, you go through the five stages for sure. You do, you get upset, but once you get past all that, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off and you start making those moves and having those conversations. Like you said, is that what is the best advice to give to these people? Okay. Yeah. Have your conversations, wait your 90, then make the world set the world on fucking fire. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where once I saw everything that was happening, I kind of saw the writing on the wall where I was like, all right, I saw a couple names and I was like, all right, I know this, where this is headed. So I actually put out a tweet about it where I was basically just like, look, I know to all my friends that are going through something today, I know, I know it's scary. It's totally scary at first, but every single one of you are unbelievably talented and you are now able to go out and be free and show those talents. So don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Just know that it's going to be tough at first, but mostly it's going to be tough because of this. Your mind's going to play tricks on you. You're going to wonder if you're good enough. Well, if I was good enough, why did I get fired? It has nothing to do with you. Your ability, your talent has no reason why you got fired. It's all games. It's all politics. It's all BS. That's why you got fired. Move past that. Know you're extremely talented. You're even more talented than that company gave you credit for. And you're going to go on and do amazing, unbelievable things. And I know that. I know that for a fact because you look at the people that have already gotten fired. They fired a ton of us and we've already landed on our feet. We've already created buzz. We've already created stories that people are talking about. So there's no reason why some of these people like the Iconics, Chelsea Green, Samoa Joe. I mean, I even I don't even want to talk about Samoa Joe because I don't even think he's worried about it because he knows he's going to be fine. All these people are going to be fine because they're so unbelievably talented. Right. And that's the, that, that, that's the kind of cool thing now about wrestling is that, yes, the Indies are, at least where you guys are, the Indies are opening their flourishing. But also the fact that there is so much out there. It's not competition. It's just collaboration. It's just loving wrestling. Right. And ROH is one of the companies I have been faithful for. And uh, getting the opportunity to have conversations like this, I can't thank Mark enough. Uh, Mark has hooked up so many. Uh, you know, And to now rank you up here is, is huge for me because this is somebody, you're a talent that I, I loved your, like I said, I loved all your runs, maybe pay attention. Then when you guys came, came to WWE, I was like, holy shit, this is yeah. good. I get to see like those dream matches I had in my head. And then the run, it was subpar. And that's not on you guys. That's on the creative. We all, listen, as wrestling fans, the one thing we have the right to do is bitch and complain. We don't fix anything. But we <laughs> fix everything. That's your but right. It, it, we are. That's what we do. And I started a right. podcast because I'm like, yeah, I want to talk to wrestlers, but I also want to bitch about shit too. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm a wrestling fan. You should but, be. Um, <laughs> you're prerogative. You're a fan. Talk about right. what you like. Talk about what you don't like. One of the things I did love was the run you guys had with the 24-7 title. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was comedy at its finest. Um, but one of the things I did not like was the Below the Belt storyline, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins in the ring, Maria saying she's pregnant again, calling out, you know, shitty dad stuff. That I didn't like. How, when you were approached with that storyline, how, how did they sell you on that? I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to say yes because you got a family to take care of, no matter what. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like when you're kind of in that bubble of WWE, you're kind of you're kind of desperate. You'll do like 
You just want that opportunity because you believe if you're given that opportunity, you're going to make it work. You're going to succeed with it. Originally, the whole pregnancy storyline wasn't even supposed to come about um, because it was pitched to us as us just wrestling before they found out Maria was pregnant. But we had just found out she was pregnant before all that went down. So we had to tell them that she was pregnant. And then they came up with this storyline. As I look back in hindsight, and I'm going to probably tell you this first, because I've talked to Maria about this at length. I think they already knew she was pregnant based on different, like uh, based on a wellness test she had taken like a week before. I think they had known. And I think they had kind of, you know, coerced us into it. That's neither here nor there. I don't have proof. I just don't trust anything they say or do because they've lied to 10 million people all the time. Um, but it's one of those things where you're so desperately want it to work that like you're willing to do whatever. And one of the cool things about that was I was actually just talking about this on an interview when they, when we were talking about the, the idea and we were going over it at the, at the, uh, uh, at the building to, to film it, it was actually Becky who was uncomfortable with it at first because she actually came up to me and Maria and she was like, are you guys okay with doing this? She wanted to make sure we were okay. She wanted to make sure we weren't being coerced into doing it. She wanted to make sure that they weren't pressuring us into doing it, which to me speaks volumes of how she is as a human. Um, and I just think the world of her and Seth. So like that, that was one of those moments that always stuck out to me. To me, at the end of the day, we're putting on a make-believe TV show. It's, it's fiction. It's not real. The, the, the moves hurt very much. Nothing we do in the ring is fake we all know it's scripted. We all know it's a TV show. So you're never going to hurt my feelings by me pretending to be somebody on TV. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, the more I look back on it and the more I reflect on it, I just, I think it was a way to probably bury us. And I think they were mad at us. And I think that was their way of kind of being like, this is our big F you to you, which if that's it, you know, again, like we talked about before, I'm a 35 year old man. I don't play those games. If a 74, 75 year old man wants to play those games kind of says more about him than it does about me. 150% cannot disagree with everything that you said. And even if I did, I would be afraid that you would find me and you would. Oh, no, 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 never. I just, I pretend to be tough. No, you are tough. You are tough. And you know why you're tough? Because your heart, your determination, your overcoming of everything that you've done. And I tip my hat to you because it's not easy to fight those demons and it's not right. easy to look at this, these two little lives in your hand and say, okay, you know what? Now it's time for me to grow the fuck up. Right. And that's, and that's what you did. And, and that's incredible. And for anybody out there that's struggling with addiction or struggling with depression, or struggling with anything that's going on right now, especially in this time period where everything is so relevant, please. I stress, reach out, reach out to anybody, reach out to Mike, tweet him. I'm sure he'll hit you back. Yeah. You know, I try to talk to as many people as I can. I got people that ask me if I'll DM them. I try to DM as many people as I can. I genuinely like to help people. And like, I'm not, I don't try to make money off it. I don't try to do that. I just, I'm, when I got clean and sober, I had this realization that we're all flawed humans. We're all humans that are just trying to not make mistakes. And we're all just trying to get through life. Once I realized that it kind of opened up the world because I started looking at people that I admired and respected. And I'm like, they're flawed. They're flawed. That person's flawed. The problem we do nowadays is we put people that we look up to, we put them on a pedestal and we think that they can do no wrong. So when they do screw up, we, we scrutinize them even worse. My thing is we're all the same. 
We're all flawed human beings just trying to get through this world, take care of our kids, take care of our families, take care of ourselves the very best we can. And once you start looking at people like that, you start to view them in an entirely different way. I look at people, if I see a homeless guy on the street that's a drug addict, before I would kind of push him away. Now I'm like, ooh, I kind of feel for you. I definitely feel for you. You're going through something. What happened in your life? We're all just flawed human beings. And as soon as we realize that, we all become better people for it. 100%. I think uh, I had my realization. I never really had any battles with addiction, but I had a huge battle with anger. I was frustrated and angry all the time. And um, I never knew where it stemmed from. Maybe some things in my past, my history, I'm not sure. But one day, you know, I kind of had a blow up with my wife and my wife just looked at me and said, I'm not going to take this anymore. I don't know who this is, but this isn't right. who I fell in love with. Right. You're not okay. You have to recognize you're not okay. And you have to seek the help. And it was kind of like, wow, I blew my mind. Next right. day I called my doctor and I said, listen, I need to speak to someone who could yeah. help me figure out what the fuck's going on inside. Right. I have my good days. I have my bad days. But I look at my wife and my two daughters and my dog who are all women. I'm surrounded by women. It's a dream of a lifetime, but it's also a lot of estrogen up in here. And I need some kind of, you know, <laughs> I need a guy. So I told my wife, the next dog is got to be a guy. Cause I got to even out the code. Cause there's no more kids. Right. right, right. We've tapped it at two. Uh, we've tapped it at two for sure. But um, I realized at that moment that it's okay not to be okay. And yeah, yeah. uh it's the coolest thing in the world when you come to that realization, because when you do, you kind of get this sense of euphoria. Yeah. Like everything just comes over you and it's just like, you're fucked up, George. It's freeing. And it's okay to be fucked yeah. up. And it's yeah. cool. And once because you realize that. Once you realize everyone's fucked up, like everyone, mm -hmm. every single person, the most perfect Martha Stewart is fucked up. She went to jail. Everyone thinks she's perfect. Oprah, she's fucked up. We're all fucked up. We all are. We just try to balance it the best that we can. Absolutely. And uh, a, a big, a big, uh, you know, fuck you to the, the man, if you will, was what happened yesterday in the world. Now, this is going to air, obviously, a few weeks from now. But yesterday, we got the announcement that uh, that officer that killed George Floyd, guilty on all charges. And that was a case that every the world was watching. Right. And I got to ask your reaction, because I know Shane Taylor's reaction, him and I are friends on Facebook. So I yeah. saw his reaction, his reaction, like this yeah. is step one. And he's right. Yeah, yeah. It's st there's still so much more work to do, but this yeah, was yeah. a huge step forward. What's your reaction on that? Same good first step. It was a good first step. Um, it was uh, yesterday justice prevailed. The justice system worked yesterday for so many years. It has not worked for, for the black community yesterday. It worked, but that's only one. I think someone said it the other day, it's a hundred to zero yesterday. Now it's a hundred to one. You know, um, that's that's the score. And it was one of those things where I looked at it and I went, good, good. That's a step in the right direction. But we aren't there yet. We're not even close because when you still have people saying that, oh, well, he was a criminal and he had fentanyl in his system and all this stuff. And I sit there and go, he did not deserve to die because he was a drug addict. I am a drug addict. I was a drug addict. Did I deserve to die? Like, that's a question. So many people have drug addicts in their family. Do they deserve to die? So many people fall on hard times. And the only thing they can possibly think of is to rob a store or is to steal from somebody. They don't deserve to die. They deserve justice. They deserve to be prosecuted. They do not deserve to die. Police are not judge, jury, and executioners. That's not how it works. They serve and they protect. That is their job.
They're, they have somehow forgot how to serve and protect, and now they think they rule. That's not how it works. And especially in the black community, they deserve better. 100%. I, again, I, I, I can't disagree with you because we're on the same wavelength. Couple more questions. I'm gonna go let you go enjoy the rest of your because it looks beautiful behind you. The sun is shining. It's wonderful. It's I gotta go get my kids soon at daycare. I'm sure they're gonna be thrilled to see me. Absolutely. And you're gonna get Maria's gonna let you out of the cage though, right? Because you gotta go I pick think them up. So. Too. She's got the key. <laughs> so um ROH, creative freedom. That's what I look at it. That's what I look at ROH for. It's creative freedom. That's the same thing I said to Maria. So when you're at ROH and you're already taping it, it's about time. Okay, Mike, it's your turn. You're gonna cut a promo right now. Here you go. Okay, what do you want me to say? Go. Just say whatever you want to say. Like that's got to be that's got to be euphoric in its own right, right? To say right. When, when you look at the guy, when you look at the producer and say, okay, well, wh what what am I saying? Uh, the storyline is now you're going after Shane Taylor, right? Okay. Uh, do you have any? Nope. Go. Right. Are you like holy shit, or are you yeah. like fuck, man? It's been so long since I cut a promo on the fly. I don't remember how to do it. No, no. <laughs> it's uh, it's like it's like a kid in a candy store. It's like wait. You mean I can put this story together any way I want? You mean I can tell this story through this promo any way I want? Yes. Oh, okay. That like, it's like as a professional, as someone who's trained for this, as someone who lives for this, there is no better feeling than that. It's just one of those things where you're like, like it takes a little time to get out of that WWE mindset. But once you get there, which I feel like I'm just starting to hit that stride. It's like, like I just did a couple of indie shows last weekend in uh, Alabama for New, New South Pro Wrestling. And like the creative freedom I felt and the juices were flowing. I wrestled Dan Housen, then I wrestled Effie. And it was just an unbelievable weekend just because I was so free and so in control of everything I was able to do that it just was, it was one of those moments where I had the match with Dan Housen. I came to the back and it was like, I kind of looked at myself and I was like, I feel like myself again. This is me. This is wonderful. It was just, it's, it's the best feeling ever. Absolutely. Now out of everybody in the ROH roster, and again, the ROH roster, in my opinion, is so talented. You got the Briscoes, you got Shane Taylor promotions, you got Rush, who's running the helm. You got Dan House in there. You got yourself, you got Maria. You're so much talent. And I can't even name them all EC3 right. because I would just, I would just be losing my mind. Right. But I got to ask Mike, when, when are you going to go after gold? When is this going to happen? It consumes me right now, man. It's literally the only thing I think about. And I'm not saying that from a, a gimmick standpoint. I'm saying that as someone who was never told, like was always considered he'd never be Ring of Honor world champ. Um, but right now, believe it or not, I got my eyes set on the pure title because it's so far out of the realm that people think I would be in that that's what I want to do. I've been obsessed with watching pure matches. I've watched every Nigel McGuinness match, every Samoa Joe, every uh, Daniel Bryan match, every James Gibson match, uh, you know, you name it, that pure division. I've been watching John Walters, Doug Williams. I've been going down the list of guys that have come through that division because I am obsessed with it. And that's Honestly, that is the most excited wrestling gets me right now is watching those pure division matches. So that is kind of where my mind is that like it, my wife will tell you, if you talk to her, I am obsessed right now. Literally she'll be walking in the kitchen and I'll just start manipulating holds on her to try to figure out how they work. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I saw Nigel do this last night though. So let me see if I can do this. And she's like, what the heck? Like, seriously, it's, uh, it's gotten to that point, but it's like, I haven't felt that love for pro wrestling in so long. And it just feels so nice to have back. Absolutely, man. And the pure division is definitely somewhere where you would, you would land and you would strive. And then after the pure division, I mean, we got to get back to business though. 
there's only there's only one place where I could see you, and that's at the top of the helm. So some way or shape or form, I know Shane Taylor's next in line or currently is in line right now. But even if it's Rush, even if it's Taylor, both of those matches would be barn burners. The one thing about Shane Taylor that's great is for a man his size, and I love this because I'm a big boy myself, a man his size to do the things he does, the athleticism that he has. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me of you know guys like Kevin Owens, guys like Samoa Joe. The big boys are finally getting a shake to show what they can do athletically, and it's yeah. awesome. If you had one dream match, though, in ROH that you could set up tomorrow, it doesn't even have to be for gold. just has to be for pride to show you're the better man, man in the ring. Yeah. Who would it be? Jonathan Gresham. Nice. Yes. Jonathan Gresham. With EC3 being a close second. Ooh. We did it on his turf. Now I want to do it on my turf. Absolutely. You and EC3. And that's how I view it. That's yeah. got to be an Iron Man match, though. It's got to be 60 yeah. minutes. Give me all. I'll take all the time. Give me an hour. Give me two hours. I'll beat them all. I don't care. I'm so pumped to wrestle right now. I love it. I, mean, I love it. When, when you talk, to, when you have conversations like this, and I never do interviews. I always have conversations. Right. You have conversations. You, you, and you can tell the people at home, I'm not a facade. Have I looked down at my phone once? Have no, I looked no, for notes no once? No. Right. It's all up here. Conversations are conversations. And the whole time, the grin's been electric because... You're excited to be wrestling. You're excited to be back, to be free. And I'm excited to have these conversations with somebody who's excited. So one more question I'm going to ask you if you want to play a game. But my, my final question before sure. we wrap it up is, you know, you've been beaten down. You've gotten back up. You've climbed those peaks. You've climbed those valleys. If there is one moment in time where you can look at where you say you leveled up in your career or in life or both, doesn't matter. But if you can look at, your life and your career thus far and say, you know what, this is a moment where I went from here and I elevated, I grew as a wrestler. And then I went from here and I grew as a human being. What would you say one of those moments might have been? Both of those moments was when I got fired from WWE easily, hands down. I grew up as a man, just like that. And as I knew from that moment on, I wanted to be an entirely different wrestler. So from that moment on it, like I said, at the time, it was terrifying, but it will be the moment I look back on as the greatest moment of my career was getting fired from that company. Hands down, not even a question. And again, I can't disagree with you. And I, from what I've <laughs> seen, what you've done in ROH, and when the news broke a couple of weeks ago, you guys had re-signed. I yeah. wasn't excited about the news because I was like, well, if they didn't re-sign, it'd be stupid. <laughs> that's but how i did too did. so, so yeah i'm okay yeah. i looked at it i like the post on instagram one of my other wrestling podcasters posted i'm like i'm gonna give that a little heart but it's not surprising yeah. if they if it said they had decided not to resign i wouldn't have given it a heart i would have just scrolled right by Big like, F you. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm a big fan of promos i love promo skills and i as you can tell i've got that sexy radio voice nothing else about me is sexy but my voice is sexy so would you be willing to do a promo one-on-one -on -one with me? Sure. What would you like? So basically what it is, is I'm going to set up a storyline where I'm facing you in a match. No gold okay. on the line, just me. I'm going to cut a promo on you for 30 seconds and you come back at me. I don't Let's care do as hard as you want. It's all good. So the storyline is, is that I'm a 38-year-old nobody that's been given a shot in ROH and I have to beat you to earn a roster spot. Sure. So here's my promo on you. I'm going to go first, okay? <laughs> one chance one opportunity that's all i've been given and i gotta go through you michael bennett to do it that's fine with me because i've got nothing to lose at this point this is it for me this is my brass ring 
If I get this, then I can go on to bigger and better things. I can start knocking them down one by one by one. There's only one obstacle in my way, one wall, and that's you. So this Sunday, when you step in the ring with me, you're not looking at a man. You're looking at a demon because I am going to go through you any way I can to get to that roster spot, to sign on a dotted line so I can provide for my family like you're providing for yours. Would you be willing to take the risk of stepping in the ring with a man who's got nothing to lose? I don't think so. So be prepared because this Sunday, it's not you versus me. It's me versus everyone else. That's my 30 seconds. Boom. Boom. So, Mike, your 30 seconds begins now. Go. All right. Here we go. It's a tale as old as time, my friend. Guys step up. Guys get knocked down. Guys step back up. Guys get knocked down again. Your question is, will I step in the ring with you? The answer is yes. Absolutely. I'll step in the ring with you. Because at the end of the day, I look at you as one thing and one thing only. You are an example. You are an example of every single person that has come before you that has said the exact same thing. I just need one chance. I'm doing this for my family. Oh, this, oh, that. Boo-hoo. We all do it for the same reason. The difference is I'm just better than you. Damn. Michael Bennett wins that one. There was no, I got no chance in hell. Michael Bennett wins. <laughs> the promo king. My dude, before you go, please, I want to thank you so much and tell you you are thank now you. officially a part of the Straight Talk family. And uh, if I could get a follow from Michael Bennett, that would be Let's pretty do it. awesome. All right. I'll do it. I'll, I'll stop recording, give you my socials after. But while everyone's listening, please, Mike, go ahead and shout out your socials so everyone can follow you and your awesome wife's journey as you kick ass and take names in ROH back home. Yes, please follow me at Real Mike Bennett on Twitter, on Instagram, The Real Michael Bennett. Um, I just put out a documentary on YouTube. It's on the uh, Aside TV. Just type in ASY TV. You'll find the documentary right there. It's called I Love This Shit. I just traveled the Indies for like two weeks. So much fun. Check it out. I put my heart and soul into it. Very raw, very real, nothing fancy. Just pure like foot documented footage. Um, so yeah, check that out and just watch Ring of Honor, please. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to go check that out right after I hang up with you, Please my friend. Do. But um, guys, that's it for me. Your host, your boy, another one in the can. Next week is number 200. Don't miss it. Peace, love, and wrestling. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my lead. You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm out of space. Can't eat with us, we're out of place, I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great, you're not my fan. Straight talk going